0: Welcome to the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Chinidu Morse of the Bridge Church. You're about to be brought into the simplicity that is in the Word of God. Sit back, relaxed, and be blessed. For quite a while, okay. So let's go. Genesis one to six. Go. And there was a famine in the land, I can't hear you, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, I can't hear you, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath that I swear unto your father Abraham and I will make thee thy seed to multiply as the stars of the heaven and will give unto thy seed all the countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, and Isaac dwelt in Gerar Let's jump to verse 12. Verse 12. Want to go? Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him, and the Lord, and the man waxed great, and he went forward. And grew until he became very great. Let's take verse 13 again. And the man waxed great, and he went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks, and possession of herds, and great store of servants, and the Philistines Envied him. Glory to God. The Philistines envied him. Your enemies will envy you when God is done with you in the name of Jesus. All right. For particular emphasis is first of all, verses 12. Then Isaac sold in that land where there was famine. Remember in verse 1, he says there was famine in the land. So Isaac sold in the land that was famine. And he received in the year where there was famine, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And Isaac sold in the land where there was famine, economic recession, there was inflation, there was, what did I think again? Difficulty. And he received in the same year where there was inflation, where there was deflation where there was super inflation where there was difficulty a hundredfold. He didn't go to another land. In that land, in the midst of the prevailing circumstances, he sold and in that time he received a hundredfold let me start from genesis chapter 1 the bible says i mean sorry genesis 26 verse 1 he says and there was famine oh before we we go ahead the title of the conversation or my teaching or preaching this morning the title of the instruction from the holy spirit this sunday morning is uh, planting so that you will reap unstoppable harvest planting to reap unstoppable harvest part two And we want to look at the seed, the sower, and the soil. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me so far? In verse 1, it says, there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So, the Bible is telling you that there was once famine in the land of Canaan. That's where they lived. In that land of Canaan, there was a time that there was famine. So that means there was famine and there was a boom and now famine had come back. So he says this famine is not the famine that was existing then, it's another famine but it was, was just like it was then. So there was famine in the land, Canaan, where he was living, there were, it was an agricultural society so farming for them meant that the soil was hard, the soil was unproductive such that when they sowed their seed they could not produce any harvest. So there was farming in that land. And so the Bible says that, unless, and, and to know the, uh, the, the farming in Abraham's time, you have to go to Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 10, he says, and there was farming. That's the farming God was referring to there. He was referring to the farming that happened on Abraham's time. And in Genesis 12, 10, he says, and there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there. So, the first time when there was a famine, in Genesis 12, 10, Abraham left Canaan and he went to Egypt. So, because the famine was sore, so he went to Egypt. He moved. Now, there's a famine again in the land and God is telling Isaac, it is not because Abraham left that you too should leave. He's telling him, look, I know your father left when there was famine and he went to Egypt, but there's famine now too, but I'm telling you not to go. Don't go, because he too was planning to move. I mean, he's like, my father did it before and he walked this way, so let me do my own now. Since it worked walked before, it will work now. But God said to him as he was contemplating it, he said, no, don't do what they did because the situation is different now because the word I gave to him is clearly not the word I'm giving to you now so it's not because they did it that you should do it it's not because everybody thinks it's the right thing to do that you do it you do it if God tells you to do it am I making sense? because they are two, it's the same, it looks like it's the same so because my father left when there was famine I too should leave because there's a famine But God said, don't go. Don't go to Egypt. Stay where you are. If you stay where you are, I will ensure that in spite of the famine, I will bless you. I will prosper you. And the seeds which you sow will produce for you a great harvest because I promised your father. Because I swore to your father. So the first thing that you must consider in every planting season is what God said. What did God say? And God can tell you to go and God can tell you to tell somebody to stay. Am I talking to somebody? And a famine is not new to God <laughs> because if you look through scriptures there are so many times where there are so many famines and God gave different instructions in those famines. So the farming does not take God by surprise. What God wants you to know or what what concerns God is what do you wait to listen to what I say before you move? We are facing a famine in Nigeria now. It's a famine. Things are looking quite difficult. And what makes sense to everybody is because it has worked for some people that they left and they started booming that you too should leave and start booming. But is that what God told you to do? Because some people have left and it did not boom for them. And I'm going to show you from scripture now. Ruth chapter 1, let's go to verse 1. A man who left in the time of famine and never came back. His life, everything turned upside down. Ruth 1. And now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man, a Bethlehem from Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the land of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Verse 2. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife was Naomi. And the name of his sons were Malon, and there was Shilon, the Ephotite of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came to the country of the Moab and continued there. So there was a famine and they left Bethlehem, Judah. And they came to Moab and they went going to live there made common sense and Elimelech Naomi's wife died she was left there with her two sons what they went to find they did not find instead the man died in the process and they took them wives of the woman of Moab and the the name of one was Opa and the name of the other was Ruth and they dwelt there for about ten years verse 5 and Malon and Chilion died also both of them and the woman was left with two sons and her I mean, left, was left of her two sons and her husband. Verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law and, she might, and that, that, that she might return from the, from the country of Moab for she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited the people in her own land and was giving them bread. This man took his wife, this man took his two children, his two sons, and they left in the time of famine. But when they got to Moab, everything became worse. A woman who left with two hefty, three hefty men, a husband and two sons. By the time she got to Moab, one thing happened to the other, a series of very unfortunate events. And ultimately she turned back after 10 years plus. And she said, you know what? That place I left that was farming, right now it's booming. I have to go back. But by the time she was going back, she was going back empty the promise of God for them was located in that land they had to come back to the land for what God planned to start again am I talking to somebody? it couldn't happen in Moab they had to come back she had to go and find a kindred somebody of the king one of the kingsmen of Elimelech for that plan to continue know the story so what I'm saying today is what did God tell you don't make any move until you hear what God tells you because like I said last week everything runs in cycles famine will come and boom will come fat years are coming for us in Nigeria years of economic boom are coming for us in Nigeria it might look bleak but it's going to happen don't be on the wrong side when it happens but if God tells you to go you better go because he told Abraham to go and Abraham left. And he prospered there in Egypt. What is God telling you? God is the one who decides who stays or who goes. Because the same God you're going to pray to bless you in Nigeria. Is the same God you're going to pray to bless you in Canada or in the U.S.? Is he a different God? So if you are running away from where God says you should be, do you think that the blessing will walk that way? I don't know why I'm starting this way. That's not even what I want to teach. But it just hit me this morning as I was preparing. That look, you must hear God for yourself. Because in one case, it was okay to go. In the other case, it was not okay to go. What is God telling you to do? What did God say you should do? That's why I said to us beginning of the year, you have to take the time and show your time in prayer so you will hear God for yourself it's not what the pastor will always bless you if you come to me and say you want to jackpot I will pray for you say God bless you but the blessing will only take root if that's where God wants you to be if it's not you're wasting your time do you know that in this recession people are hammering people are buying new cars people are building houses people are marrying new wives (laughs) people are marrying new wives yeah I was passing somewhere. <laughs> they're marrying new wives. In the midst of it, people are building new houses. They're dedicating houses. The number of new cars on the road, you will wonder, hello. Sometimes I ask myself, are we in the same country? When I find out how much the cost of the car is, I go like, hello. People are traveling. They're buying tickets for 1.5 million, but they're still buying it. Traveling with their whole families. So they will spend about 10 million naira They're traveling. So don't tell me that if God tells you to stay and he will provide for you that God will not provide for you so that's where I want to start from this morning. but then let me go back to my text my text actually starts from the seed, the sower and the soil but that is just a word of caution not to make that mistake and think that because everybody is happy, moving everybody is leaving you two should leave ask yourself what did God say walk with what God said Now God, like I, let me repeat myself again. God can say, live here now. Go to that place. I have prepared food for you there. That food is going to sustain you there until it's time for you to come back. God can say that. And God can say, sit here. I will send ravens to find you. And those ravens will sustain you until the famine is over. Until the rain comes back. God can say that. What is important is what is God telling you. So for husbands, especially in this season, please be mindful that you are the priest of your home and you ought to be listening very carefully to what God said. It might be ridiculous what he said, but follow what he said. Fathers, be careful. In this season, your ears should be up You should be connected to heaven like never before. Receiving what God and what heaven is telling you per second. As a matter of fact, you need to walk by the second with God. Because you can say one thing yesterday, and wake up this morning, it says a new thing. Next week you can say a different thing. So per second, per second, you're listening. What are you saying? And you are walking according to what God is saying. Can you hear me this Sunday morning? Look at your neighbour. Say neighbour. What did God tell you? What did He tell you? And if He told you to go, don't be afraid at all. Don't be afraid. Because before you get there, there will be men waiting for you there. They will be waiting. They will say, oh, we saw you were coming. And we prepared a room for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's now go to the text. So, like I said, but wherever you are, the truth is, whether you are here or you are there, and for those joining me online, wherever you are, it is planting season. It's the beginning of a cycle. And this season is the planting season. Is the seeds you plant now or the things you do now that determine what will happen eventually in the next couple of years. When the planting season comes and goes, we go into harvest season. What you planted is what determines what you will harvest. So whether you are here in Nigeria, whether you are outside the country joining me, people are joining us online. You're in Canada, you're in the U.S. and anywhere, Australia. Let me let you know it is planting season planting season and when the season of planting starts there are three elements that are important the three elements of a planting season are the seed the sower and the soil look at somebody say the seed we're in the planting season so you must be concerned about the seed somebody say the seed the sower and the soil these are the three elements that must work together to produce an abundant harvest so the seed the sower, and the sower. And I'm going to start with the seed this Sunday morning. And perhaps if I don't exhaust the seed today, I will continue the midweek service. And I don't complete everything, but I'll start this morning with the seed. The seed, somebody say the seed. The seed is the most important element of every planting season. Because everything starts with a seed. Everything starts with a seed. God started creation with a seed. He took a man. Man, Adam, the first Adam was a seed. He took that man and he planted the man in the garden, and that man was meant to procreate and eventually have several seeds. So he started with a seed and he put the man in the garden, and the man was then meant to generate many seeds. God, so as he was generating the seeds, sin came, and at some point that seed what God corrupted, and sin came, and God had to end that cycle, and God had to bring another seed. The last Adam, the second man. So there were two Adams. The first seed got corrupted and God said, okay, this one I will end the lifespan of this one here and I'll bring another seed called Jesus, the second Adam. And through Jesus, we were now recreated. We are reborn. So that the way we were born the first time physically, we are born again spiritually. Do you understand that? That is God's attempt. So God always starts with the seed. The Bible calls Jesus the first begotten from the dead. The prototokos. It's like you're going to make a car. Those who make cars, they start by making a prototype. They make a prototype. They make a pro and they perfect the prototype. When they drive the prototype and the prototype is perfect, then they start making others. They do start with a seed. The prototype is the seed. Then with that seed, they begin to reproduce other things too. So everything starts with a seed. In First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, the Bible says, And so it was written that the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The first man is of the earth and is earthy, and the second man is the Lord from heaven. So there is the first Adam and there is the last Adam. There is the first man and there is the second man. Don't mix both of them together. First Adam is seed, so Adam is a type of a seed. So man started as a seed, and also, and that's that. And every plant too also starts with a seed. In every plant is in every seed is a plant. Did you hear that? In every seed is a plant, and in that plant are fruits, and those fruits have more seeds. So everything starts with a seed and then we see in Genesis chapter 1 let's go there quickly you must see this Genesis 1 chapter 26 and 27 give it to me God when he created man and put man in the garden and he blessed man the blessing were words they were simple words but those words had to be converted to something concrete and those things that are concrete is what produces the, the manifest. The blessing that God placed upon man. Genesis 1.26 And God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27 So God created man in his own image and in the image of God he created he he, him male and field, he created he them. Verse 28 And God Blessed them and God said to them he said he spoke words to them he said be fruitful prophetic words he says multiply he says replenish the earth he said subdue it he said have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth he said 2024 shall be unstoppable he said you are blessed and you will prosper he said you will increase and you will abound those were words that God spoke so the blessing and the prophetic word always comes as words but those words will keep hanging over your life and are wait for seeds to become activated for them to produce. Look now, go back to where I'm saying, verse 29. Look at verse 29. After God had blessed them, in verse 29, he said, and God said, behold, so I have blessed you now. I have spoken words upon you, but I won't leave it away. I have created the vision. I have painted a vision for you of where to go to, the where. But the where is not good enough. God said, I'll tell you the how. My primary assignment as your pastor is to speak prophetic words over your life and to release words for you to run with, but you have to go and find the how. I also have to tell you the how. You must go and get the how. I'm using the how to produce all the things that I have said. God now said in verse 29, God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat so God said I have blessed you you will replenish the earth you will prosper but look now I have given you herbs bearing seed I have given you fruit bearing seed if you're going to prosper if the things I've spoken to you will come to pass then you must do something with the seed so immediately after God blessed them God gave them seeds because it is the seeds that will produce the harvest that blessing will only be words hanging over your life until you locate the seeds and you sow the seeds and the seeds by the matter of fact are locked up in the fruit I'm saying many things now The seeds are locked up and they are hidden in the fruits. So that means that for the fruit that you have today, inside the fruit there are seeds. The fruit is also for you to eat it too. So there is fruit. The fruit has seeds and it has meat inside of it. Am I saying so many things? Am I getting you confused? So you have a mango fruit. There is a part you should eat and there is a part you should sow. You have cashew. Cashew is an excellent example. Yeah, that's a good one. The cashew fruit. There is a part you should eat and there is a part you should sow. But if you foolishly go and eat all of it. You don't have cashew and we do it, you know. You know the cashew, you eat the fruit, then you go and fry the seed. And you eat the seed too. <laughs> so, if there was only one cashew in this world, and I gave it to you, and you ate the fruit, and it was delicious. And somebody told you, you can also fry the seed. And you fry the seed, and you eat the seed. That's the end of your cashew. Next season, there will be no cashew for you to eat. Because you have eaten the fruit. And the seed, or rather, you have eaten the meat and the seed that is contained in the fruit. Am I talking to somebody? Else. So, in every fruit, there is meat and there is seed. God blessed you, blessed Adam, and He gave man Adam fruit immediately. Herbs bear seed, so the herbs you should eat, but don't eat the seed he gave him fruit eat the fruit eat the meat part of it but save the seed or else the prophetic word that i spoke over you will not mean anything so you must therefore ask yourself of this fruit i have received which part is my seed and which part is my meat or else you will continue to run in a cycle of poverty god will keep giving you fruit 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 and you keep eating it and then you'll be hungry. You will cry because of God's mercy. He will give you another fruit. Then you cause you are hungry. Hey, how will I survive tomorrow? You eat everything again. Then I'm suffering, Pastor. I don't know what's happening to me. It's like they cast me from the village. Shut up! You are eating your seed. You have been eating your seed since. But God has been showing you mercy once in a while. Somebody will come and dash you something through the person. God will dash you a fruit, and watch you see what you will do. Will you decipher and separate the one that is seed and the one that is fruit? Because fruit is meant to be, I mean, meat is I'll use put it interchangeably. Fruit or meat is meant to be eaten, and seed is meant to be what to be sown. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Rather. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Paul said something very instructive there concerning eat fruit, concerning seed and meat. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always be having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good word. Verse 10. Verse 10. And it says, and it is written, He now he, verse 9, okay. As it is written, he that dispersed the blood, he had given to the poor, and his righteousness remained for him. I'm going to verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10. Now he that ministered seed to the sower, but ministered bread for food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. look at that text very well God who ministers seed to the sower also gives bread to the eater but what does he multiply? he doesn't multiply bread he multiplies seeds the seed sown and multiply your seed sown and multiply your seed sown, sow and then increase the fruit he did not multiply your bread eating, he multiplied the seed sown you want to go into the realm of the overflow of abundance it is locked in your seed, not in what you ate what you ate you are going to poop it tomorrow but what you sow is going to come back alive tomorrow do you understand what I'm saying? So most people have eaten up their their seed. They've eaten their seed. You eat your seed. So at the end of the month, you are given a a fruit. as in your salary. You must decide which one is seed, which one is meat. Everything is not meant to be eaten. It's a simple principle. Even the world knows that when you get an income, you should save some, you should invest some, and you should live on some. It is therefore erroneous, no matter how bad things are, for you to eat everything and you save nothing or invested nothing. If you invested nothing, what do you want to produce a harvest for you later? so the 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 the, the seed or the plant or what is most important the most important element of a planting season is what you are doing with your seed and when as planting seasons and we ought to make sure that we are deciphering and asking ourselves what about seed and that we are sowing our seeds last week I said seed is beyond money it's time it's resource all of those things but you must be sowing it and not eating it how do you spend your time how do you eat your time you're watching movies. It's amazing how much time you can spend, and it happens to all of us, including me, when you get distracted during the day and you start looking at Instagram, those, uh, those reels, and you start fl- flipping. People who are laughing, people who are joking, and you are flowing. Before you know it, ah, 30 minutes has gone. what am I doing? How come? You know, they are looking at different jokes. Before you know it, ah, 30 minutes has gone. Time you should be used constructively, investing into something into your job into your academics into building your career do you know that no no you're not doing that you're wasting the time all your gisting once we gist you your go to the, the the part where they start giving gists once in a while you know one of the one of the craziest things that happen to me sometimes that on WhatsApp there are some of those funny things people do that uh, jokes they send there are funny wild stories you know those soft sell stories that might not be true those uh, rumors, they post it there and they, it happens to me, maybe not you, you know you guys are very spiritual people, so it happens to me, so when I click onto it, it usually sends me to Facebook, for some reason Facebook has the greatest number of junk, I don't know, maybe it happens to you too, Facebook, no, you're not good, start asking funny things, funny jokes, funny short plays, and before you know it, you have spent one hour, two hours, and you're like, what, what have I just done to myself? I shouldn't have looked at this thing. It was a link that you clicked that took you there. And all sorts of things happen. Your time just goes. You've wasted time. Time that you should be used, used to read a book or something. To invest doing something creative that will yield for you an abundance. is spent wasted. So you must ask yourself, what are you doing with your seeds? Your seeds are important. Because in that text, it's very careful. What's the difference between a seed and meat? There's a very simple rule for me, rule of thumb. Should I share my rule of thumb for me personally? It might not be for you. If something is too small to be meat, I make it a seed. Let me come again. If something is too small to satisfy me as meat, I convert it into a seed because it's too small. Even if I eat it, I'll still be hungry. (laughs) So it's better for me to remain hungry and fast the time and invest it as a seed. Am I talking to somebody? If it is too small to be meat that will satisfy you, then you make it a seed and invest the seed. So, seeds. So, as we're planting in this season, what is most important are your seeds. Now, let me go. What is the the next thing now? We should look at the life cycle of a seed. This is important because when you sow a seed, what is the destiny of every seed? There are three things that are important. Life, or I call it the life cycle of a seed. That a seed must go through. The destiny of a seed is divided into two. First of all, the seed will root. The first phase of every seed is that it will root. The second phase is that it will shoot. Somebody say shoot. And the third phase is that it will fruit. Somebody say, your seed is going to root. Oh, take something from me. Say, so your seed is going to root. Then your seed is going to Shoot. Look at the screen, and then your seed is going to fruit. Every seed starts with rooting. What it means is that when you sow a seed, that seed has to die. It has to disappear from the surface of the earth, from your face. It will look like nothing is happening. The life cycle of a seed. It will look like absolutely nothing is happening. Look at that. So, when you sow a seed, like we see there, you put it in the ground. When you put it in the ground, that seed will just die. It will stop existing. You will wonder what is going on. Where is my seed? Well, your seed is dying. John chapter 12, something very interesting happened one day. Let's go to John chapter 12. Reading, John chapter 12, reading from verse 20. Something interesting happened one day. Let me just read this to you. He says, and there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. And the same came therefore to Philip, which was in Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, sir, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip come in and tell it Andrew, and Andrew, uh, telled uh, Philip, and, and Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And the moment they tell Jesus, Jesus answered them, saying, the hour is come, that the Son of Man be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the of if we fall to the ground and die he abided alone but if he die it bringeth forth much fruit he who loves his life will lose it and he that hated his life or hated his life in this world shall keep it in inter- eternal life it's a very scary text it's a very simple story some Greeks people who are not Jews came one day they heard about what Jesus was doing so they left Galilee and they came to meet Jesus and they met the one they knew the first person they knew was Philip Philip was at Bethesda Bethes- Bethesda yeah, so he was their homie they knew him because we were hanging out. So they came to Philip, Philip, okay, Phil, we want to meet Jesus. Then F- Philip said, okay, all right, all right, we have somebody who is number four in the ranking. His name is Andrew. You know, Andrew was number four, right? Yeah, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Sorry, no, what are the name? James, John, and uh, Peter was then Andrew. In fact, Andrew was one of Jesus' first disciples. You know that? He right? was one of the first. And Andrew had a way of t- calling other people. He was the most, he was the, he was the evangelist, he was very sociable. So he went to get Peter. Peter, come, 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 come. Come and see what I'm just saying. All right? So he went to Andrew. Andrew, I beg you are closer to this guy. There are some Greeks here that say they want to see him. So two of them said, Let me, let's go together. Let's go and tell him. Then they went to see Jesus who perhaps was praying in the spirit. And they said, Jesus, some guys want to see you. They are Greeks. They said they want to see you. The moment they told Jesus, Jesus' face countenance changed. And he said, hmm. Except a cone of wheat fall to the ground and die. It abideth alone. The time for me to be glorified has come. Don't let like Jesus, no vex. All we told you is that some people want to see you. Waiting, bring death, enter this one. What didn't carry death Enter this matter now. Would you just want to say hello? And Jesus must continue to say, Look, except you lose your life, you abide. Jesus was not talking to them. he was talking to himself. He was telling himself that his time. This one that these Greeks are beginning to look for me, I better succumb to death and die. I better go to the ground and die. If I don't die, I'm going to abide alone. But if I die, I'm going to bring forth much fruit. And that fruit will come out in these Greeks that you're seeing. I have to give them the opportunity for them to have uh, the experience, the same things that I have inside of me. So he said, so Jesus, said. if you read further down, Jesus said everything he said there because he was speaking of his death. He was speaking of his routine season. Because he too had to be rooted. It was only until he was rooted that he would shoot up on the third day. And after the shooting up, from that shooting up, Prototokos, he cannot produce many more that will shoot up like him. It happens everywhere. There must be death. So the first phase of every seed is that that seed must die. What it means is that it must disappear from your hand. And the rooting season sometimes is a difficult season for every sower. Because you're asking yourself, where is the seed I sowed? Where is it? I have made investment. I have put all my time in this thing. I have put all my time in this marriage. I have put all my time in this business. I have been laboring from morning to night. Oh, calm down, honey. You are simply in your routine season. That seed underground is finding pathways. It is breaking rocks. It is breaking rocks. It's going deep, deep into the ground. It's finding nutrients. It's finding stability. It's growing down. And in fact, the higher that seed is destined to shoot, it will go down. If it's meant to shoot very high, then it means it must root very down. It must go further down. So the longer it's staying under the ground, it's for your benefit. It's showing you that where you are shooting up to is far. There is a difference between a mango plant or a corn plant and the grass that grows up. You plant grass and after from a few days, it just shoots up. But when you plant a proper fruit like the corn or something, they stay in the ground for a while. Because what they will produce eventually will last longer than that thing that you're seeing on the ground. So the longer you have sown your seed, the longer it stays, it is rooting. Rooting, finding, going deep to the ground, getting stability, getting connections. You know the Lord said to me and and, and of course everyone I said a few that it was that in man man generally humans like us we have three seasons too I said it that there's the early season of our lives the sowing season quote I also call that the rooting season when we are simply just taking roots the first 25 first 30 years is your rooting your rooting years you are finding foundation you are rooting you are trying to get foundation, trying to build, then the next 30 perhaps is your shooting season. You're visible, the shooting season is everyone loves it. That's why they begin to see you and begin to hear about you and begin to talk about you. You're shooting, you're growing gradually. And some make a mistake. Let me before I get a hold of myself to think that their shooting season is their fruiting season and they start boiling and eating in their shooting season and they die before they get to the fruiting season. That's why you hear of some people and before you know it, they disappear. Because they never knew that that time they were visible. They were only shooting, they were not yet footing. Am I making sense? I'm saying many things at the same time, and I hope you catch me. A young businessman gets some job, and he booms, he, he does one deal, and the deal just blows. He doesn't tell himself, hello, I'm blowing now. It will not continue to blow like this. I'm in my shooting season. I have to go and make sure that I put some things in place. Because there's going to be a famine that will come i'm not yet fruiting i'm shooting so i have to make sure i put some things in place so that by the time those difficulties come i stand strong so that i will still be existing by the time of fruiting oh i'm saying so many things at the same time i pray that wisdom will you will get wisdom to understand this so every seed has a rooting season phase it has a shooting phase and it has a fruiting phase you know something before i started the bridge god said to me you are going to root for five years i heard it so clearly five years you would disappear they won't know where you are they're going to wonder what happened to that guy i thought they said he had the anointing you are going to complain what's going on here what's happening here he said relax you are only rooting for five years you see everything you see here as glorious as it might look to some people we have not even started we are only taking root. the bridge is just taking root we have not started started the ministry has not even started really we are only just warming up we are still disappeared (sighs) hello We we are truly disappeared they will not see you they will not hear of you they will wonder what is happening to you all of a sudden you will hit the shooting season even when you get there be careful you will shoot be careful you have not reached your footing season yet he said i will not tell you how long you will shoot until you start to shoot I'll tell you how long you must still keep you must just be quiet the shooting season is time when you just keep watering you keep watering you come every day you prune some things here you know like the flower starts to grow you cut up you prune it here some things that i mean you prune it there you prune it here it's growing you prune it here you clean it here you that weeds trying to compete with it you take out the weed you take out the. Dust. you're seeing something you're happy something is happening but you are not yet there when you are there, that's when the plant has a reason and to stand it. No amount of weed around it can pull it down. That's when you have come to your footing season. That's when you can start boiling. Hello. Am I getting too deep this Sunday morning? I'm trying to help somebody here. That the seed that you have sown, never give up. You just keep doing what you ought to do. Because those seeds are going to do things in your life. But they must pass through a season. So there is the, so the, 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 the routine phase, there is the shooting phase and there is the footing phase. Everybody loves the footing phase. You see in a marriage, there is the footing phase, there is the shooting phase. The routine phase is the first few years, the first few years of your marriage. You have perhaps the most important, the most difficult complications, conflicts, issues, running up and down, but if you can survive them, then you enter your shooting phase. Where you now, things look like things are working for you now. They begin to walk. But don't calm down because there's still a footing phase. For me as a parent, I'm in my shooting phase. The children are older, they're in the university. They're just shooting, things are looking up. I've not yet come into the footing phase. The footing phase is when i have now much, much, much older. When the children now begin to pour their blessings upon me, then I've come into my footing phase. The footing phase, you just relax, things are just happening. They are blessing you. The people you have sown, the people you have built are beginning to bless you. There are some ministers in this country who have entered their fruity face. They have sons everywhere. If, any, nothing, if anything happens to them today, bam, there are people who will rise. There is a man of God I know that has several sons. I heard that several years ago. They said to him, about, you are walking too hard. just relax. On your birthday, just calm down. We are going to be the ones to any amount of money you want in this world. We, the sons of this man, Give it to you. Hello. I heard of a certain man, man of God, that gave another man of God's family a certain amount of money that will blow your mind. Because those people have come into their fruiting phase. That seed that you're sowing it will come to its fruiting phase. But you have to endure the rooting phase. The problem we have in this generation is that we can't wait for that root to finish what you do every morning is you go and pull out the seed. Seed, are you growing? Seed, <laughs> go and dig it up. Is this still producing? Is it growing at all? What's happening here? Then you say, okay, it's growing small. You put it down. Put it back. Then the next, after one week, you pull it out again. You should have grown more than this. What's going on now? Why are you doing this? Pull it down. No, no, no. Anytime you pull it out, you kill it. When it goes down, it has to start again. You kill it. It starts again. So, what you simply do is every seed. And how does that happen in, in reality? When you're always complaining, always murmuring, going to see whether it's happening, what's happening to this. When you sow your seed, you simply enter a phase, shooting phase or the watering phase, that's another thing altogether. When you simply water it, you are speaking to it, you are releasing freshness into it, you are pouring water, causing rain to come upon it, you are ensuring that nothing is going around it, you are cultivating, making sure that it's soft. Leave the seed where it is, that seed after time will produce. Jesus said something, I believe that's Mark chapter 4 verse 26 to 29 he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast it to the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up and he knoweth not how for the egg bringeth forth fruit of herself, first of the blade then the air, then the full corn and when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put out a sickle because the harvest is come when you sow your seed you release your seed just go and be thanking God and praising God it is going to produce a harvest those seeds that you have sown you are going to come into your own season you just wait for it you just wait for it but it is sowing season the fruit you are eating today is because of the seed you sowed yesterday but the seed the fruit you will eat tomorrow will be based on the seed that you sow today it is seed sowing season very quickly let me show you five laws of sowing and reaping five laws before we go what's the time okay i'll finish in two minutes five laws of sowing and reaping this is just something that will help you number one the first law of sowing and reaping is that you reap where you sow you reap where you sow you reap where you sow you cannot sow or rather you cannot sow in your office sow in your job and expect to reap in your family listen to me family men family men and women you spend all your time pursuing your career building your career you forget your home you will not reap in your home you will reap in that career you will bloom your business will grow woman of God your career will boom but you will lose your home you reap where you sow for us too as ministers of God we have to be mindful of that that we can't love the church too much and abandon the home Because ultimately we are going to reap where we sow. The church will grow. All that will happen. But you might lose your home in the process. It has happened to many people. So you reap where you sow. Make sure you make equal investment in your home, in your marriage. The same investment you make in the ministry. Make sure you make those same investments everywhere. Because you reap where you sow. Number two, you reap after you sow. You have to sow first before you reap. Reaping comes after sowing. It's after you have sown that you can reap. If you have not sown, you can't reap. And neither will you reap before you sow. No, you sow. You sow first, then you reap. Rule number three, you always reap more than you sow. You reap, a, you sow a corn of seed, you will produce a cob of corn. And that corn has several seeds inside it. So what? You reap more than you sow. And number five, leave the one of where you sow. You reap, okay, so yes, you reap what you sow. have talked about that. The next one, you reap what you sow. So you reap the kind of seed that you sow. If you sow mango seed, what should you reap? Mango. If you sow um, guava, what should you reap? Guava. You know, I love this thing. A typical example is in children, little kids. If you see a little kid and you smile to the little kid, what would the kid do to you? Smile back. If you growl, ah, what would the kid do? You did the you grab the same thing too. You know, I did it to our babies when we were small then. When they start crying, and I think it's annoying me. I start crying too. When they're small, have you done that to a kid before? Yeah, 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 you two start, yeah, don't yeah. look at you. Hello, hush, <laughs> hush. Yeah, you two, you do ah, they will stop. <laughs> Hello. I'm teaching them that you rip what you sow. <laughs> if you so rip to me, if you so cry, you rip cry back from me too. So calm down, small boy, calm down. You're hungry I and mean, we'll give you food. But stop crying like that. So they learned very early not to cry anyhow. Amen. So said, this man is tough. Amen. He's only, of course I do that when their mother is not around. But when their mother is around, Another problem. Hello, problem. that also your problem. Why are you scaring the child? So, so they learned that when their mother is not around, there's a way they behave themselves. They, they, they have organized themselves. Then when their mother comes back, everybody she goes back or they go back. Then I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll wait for you. Mommy will go out. Soon. You and I will dig this thing together. <laughs> Amen. Then, lastly, you reap more joyfully or you reap happier than you sow. Sowing is always a very difficult time. Sowing is nobody smiles when they sow. If they really re- are sowing, they are sowing tears, but they reap in joy. Psalm 126, verse 5 it says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy he that goeth forth weeping bearing precious seeds shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bearing his sheaves with him so you reap in you sow in tears but you reap in joy you sow in tears because as you're sowing, you're telling yourself are you sure i couldn't have done something else with this to enjoy it that was a woman i really respect while we were much younger in our marriage. She eventually has built a very big school today. A very big school. I will never forget something she said to us early in the years. I respect her a lot. She was working in the bank, and one day she just resigned that she wanted to start a school. We're like, what's your problem? You're working in the bank. She came for counseling. We said, you working in the bank. You're doing well. Banking is well. She said, no, no, no. That she wants not start a school and she's ready to suffer for it so she left, so she said she would go outside, get some training then she will come back, then when they came back she sold their house, or she rented their house they left the big house they were staying then she went to rent another house and when they rented the house she used the main house as the school and she and her husband were staying in the big queue. this was at a time when all of us, most of us were doing well, we had bought new cars Early in the marriage, two, three years into marriage, we are shining, everything is well. We are traveling out every year, having fun, <laughs> having fun, just buying new gold. They were looking bling, 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 bling. But she said, no, 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 she said no, that she will stay in the. So we'll go out and visit them in the BQ sometimes. She will entertain us in the BQ, one room, with their son. But the school was big, very beautiful. She said she knows what she's doing. The time is coming that she has to die. She has to hide. What word did she use that time? She said uh, she has to. There's something she used. There's something she always used to say. She has to sacrifice—not sacrifice, but it's more like she has to die now. She has to hide because the time is coming. Then we watch them with time. The things started to bloom, and you know what she did? She put. She took a, a building that was where the big the diplomats were. <laughs> the woman was very strategic where all the big boys were staying and she went to market them that they can drop their children she made the place if you enter that place you think you walked into the uk super but where they were living was just nigeria but the school was like the united uk everything she used she imported it they saved their, their husband the husband took a loan husband, they were both were bankers so the man stayed back and took a loan and they put it in there made everything was beautiful and then the thing began to grow. Began to increase. Began to increase. Then at some point, some of us and some of my friends were moving to a nice state. They did not move. They were in their big well, queue. Like, hey. no, no, no. We are simply, it's a season. This is about 20 years later. If you know the school now, they just launched the school with a massive international school. Right now, they can afford absolutely anything they want. In fact, as at f- four years ago, or five years ago, they hadn't built the school. I saw her one day. They were driving one small car. <laughs> she's a really good woman, but she's a robot woman. She's not even moving. Driving one small, two, two small car. I said, guy, upgrade now. I said, no, 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 They are still waiting for something. <laughs> they're moving, they're to get two small car. The husband eventually left the bank and enjoyed her. They started moving the thing together. Today. Today. Today, when you see them, levels don't change. Because they use the time when they're meant to hide. I want to talk to the young people here. Be careful of what you're doing right now. I've heard of men, young people who, who made it very early in life. I said it last week. I said, you see, people like MJ, Michael Jackson. have you looked at those those child those child uh, those child actresses, actors. Where are they now? In fact, even footballers, even footballers. The other day, I saw Ronaldo, not the one who's playing at the old Ronaldo, the Brazilian one. If you see, his stomach now. He's fatter than me. I was like, is this is Ronaldo that when Ronaldo run out, playing, the whole world will be shaking. I don't know what he did with his investment. Their season came. Those who are still going to be relevant today and who are still relevant today are those who use those seasons. See those young boys who are playing some of the footballers, I worry for are the ones who are still using the small, they are, they are making money now, they are buying flashing jets, flying all over the place. Let's see now, by the time they break their leg, then they will enter another season and see what will happen to them at that point. My point is, is planting season now everybody you must ask yourself the year has begun i took i read i uh uh genesis chapter 26 to tell us know that for isaac he planted in the time of famine. oh i don't have time to go to the soil he planted oh let me just say this about the soil what defines the soil for you is what god said not what is happening around you there was famine in the soil but god said to him i'm going to do something that soil the way it is. I'm going to use it and I'm going to produce. Should you cultivate the soil? Yes, you should. But what is important that defines the kind of soil you sow is what God said. And then of course beyond that is a cultivated soil. Find a cultivated soil. A soil that has been worked on. A soil that has been labored. People who are laboring and connect to what they are sowing, what they are doing. This often said, one way to be blessed is to find a blessed man and sow into the blessed man then the cultivation of the blessed man becomes a soil for your own seed to produce results. And I dare say by the grace of God, we are talking to a blessed man. You might not think so. Oh boy, this man is blessed. If you know where we have come from, he's blessed. This ministry is blessed. In just four years, what the Lord has done. Four years. And like I said, we have not even started. We are still in our planting season. Or in our rooting season. We are still rooted. We are not even shot up yet. When we shoot up, we will know that the Lord is in Israel. Am I talking to somebody? So I want you to consider very carefully. I'm not doing this to get any money from you. What is important, I'm doing this for your sake. I wish I had time. I'm going to talk about the sower on Thursday and also talk about the sowing season and the shooting season. A lot more about how to water your seed on Thursday. But what I want you to know here today is that it is important What you do with your seed. Every seed is fully potential. What you do with your seed is very important. Don't eat your seed. Sow your seed on good ground and expect a harvest. And I see seasons everywhere. For those seeds that you've sown, you're going to come into your own season walk into your season and I hear blessings in the air and I see seasons everywhere for those seeds that you've sown you're gonna come into your own season walk into your season walk into your season your season is coming what you should expect by the end of the year is dependent on what you do right now. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, so much has been said and maybe maybe there's a lot more to say but we have walked into our sowing season. So every individual here must propose in their heart what they are making their seed in this season because the bread that you eat you are going to excrete tomorrow but the seed that you sow will produce a harvest for you tomorrow so father i want you to place in their hearts to really consider the seeds that they sow in this season not to play with the kairos moment, the kairos moment of the new season of a new year as the year begins to sow seeds that will produce a harvest before the year is over the bible says concerning isaac that in the midst of the farming he sowed a seed he sowed seeds because god said and those seeds produced a harvest that was a hundredfold what was sown in the same year. I really believe that people who sow seeds at the beginning of this season and watch over those seeds in prayer, in praise, in worship, in watering, that they will truly rejoice with an abundance of harvest by the end of the year in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says, The day that sow in tears shall reap in joy. might be sowing in tears today he says he that goeth forth weeping bearing precious seeds in his hand they shall doubtless come back again with rejoicing bringing sheaves with them I want you to propose in your heart what seed you're going to sow into your destiny and as the Lord leads you this morning I want you to sow that seed please don't eat it don't eat it So you have something to rejoice over by the end of the year. Father, we thank you. Out of the abundance of the words and inspiration that you have locked in my spirit today, I've released the word that and words that I know that you have energized by your spirit. May those words go right now to the hearts of the hearer. May it pierce the hearer like a two-edged sword. May it divide asunder that which is going to be confusing, the bone from the marrow. That which is real and that which is not real. That which is imagined and that which is not imagined. That which you said and that which you did not say. And may they take it and sow into their hearts to produce an abundance on their behalf. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout aloud, amen. Look at somebody says, it's your planting season. It's your planting amen. season. Do something. You just listened to a powerful message by Pastor Chinidun Ngwosu of the Bridge of Simple Church. Join us for our Sunday services by 9 a.m. and Thursday our midweek services at 6 p.m. at the Battle Event and Gardens ICS Drive along Jabi Airport Road, Abuja.